Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts. Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. Time to get the show started. Get my act together. It's Monday, the day after Christmas. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino, here to uh, recap the weekend of NFL and college football action. Emil, better play last night. Antonio Browns, I'm going to push and muscle myself into the end zone, or Don Terry Poe's jump pass touchdown as a 300-plus pound lineman. Uh... The more surprising play was Poe, but I, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. The, the more surprising play, I mean, you let's face it, you didn't think that one was coming, did you? I did not, with, and with when Paul, you look at you the faces, yeah, when you look at the faces of those Denver Broncos players, you know that just did not sit well with them at all, and uh, the invoice is going to come due on that play in uh, future Denver Bronco-Kansas City Chiefs games. You could just see it. Well, yeah, but like to your point with that kind of stuff, the, to me the Broncos, uh, I'm going to give some some credit to the Chiefs, but the Broncos made the Chiefs' offense look very dynamic last night. I mean, man, did they make them look dynamic. I mean, I keep hearing how good this Broncos defense is, but in the big games it played this season, it wasn't very good. And they can blame the offense all they want, but we saw the Raiders basically pounded on them uh, earlier in the season. And last night, I mean, there was there was no resistance in the first half of that game. I mean, the Chiefs were just the Chiefs could have had a a huge lead at halftime. They just you know they screwed up a few things, or that game would have been silly by halftime. Help me out, Amol. The only thing that changed on the Denver Broncos this year was one Peyton Manning. Am I correct? Well, a couple under the radar things changed for the Broncos defensively. I mean. 
uh, Malik Jackson did did his one thing that always violates the Chad Wilson rule of free agency. He didn't realize what he was. I mean, Malik Jackson was a nice player in a, in a, in Denver, surrounded by a lot of really really good players, like Pro Bowl caliber players, which elevated him. He went and took the money, and I you know I'm not going to fault the guy for getting a raise. He went to Jacksonville. He diminished his career, and at the same time, he diminished the Broncos' defense. That would that you know that hurt them. Um, they lost the one linebacker in the off season. So there's some things that happened that really killed that run defense. I mean, we've been I've been you well, I don't know about we, but I've been hammering on that, and I think you agree with me. That's been their their uh, soft underbelly all years that you could abuse Denver in the run game, and teams that have that ability exploited it all season. But I mean. <clears throat> We're talking about one player there, really. You're, uh, saying, uh, you're uh, saying materially. You're saying materially the biggest change. Sure, it's Peyton Manning. I mean, they lost a lot of leadership in the clubhouse or whatever you want to call it, the locker room. Um, you know, you could see, you hear the things after games last week, guys fighting. I'm not sure you get that with Peyton because he was like, uh, you know, grandpa in there. Okay, everybody settle down now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I, think I suppose I'm sure. And you and I both predicted, uh, you know, a fallback for the Denver Broncos, and we kind of hit that one on the head. But, you know, I was sitting there thinking about it, like what was the biggest change, and was Brock Osweiler going to change uh, things that much for them this year? W- were they going to be one or two games better? I'm, I'm just no, not yeah. sure. No, they weren't going to be better at all. Listen, Osweiler showed you what he was. The reason Osweiler didn't play in the playoffs last year is because deep down the coaching staff, and I'm sure John Elway knew, you know, that he's okay. Maybe we can develop him, but we're not winning the Super Bowl. And that's why they went back to Peyton, hoping the defense could carry them and Peyton's leadership. Um, this whole notion, I mean, I'm a, you, you know, like you, I'm a big believer in coaching. I know it's important, but first you have to have something to work with. I mean, you know, the best quote I heard the other day was that Ian O'Connor from ESPN, I put it up, he said, everybody keeps talking, I forget how he said it, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, Bill O'Brien was a, was a quarterback whisperer, but he was a lot better when he was whispering to Tom Brady. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like, okay, Bill O'Brien's a quarterback whisperer, sure, well, how's he whispering down in Houston? you got to have something Yeah, well, we got to know those first. things matter, obviously. Uh, I mean, it takes players to... Players make coaches and, you know, a little bit of vice versa. you got to have both of those same things. And, um, you know, Tom Brady's made a, several guys look like genius, geniuses, and uh, they've gone on to try jobs, and uh, they have not been as successful in them, let's to, to say the least. So, Well, no, I'm, I'm, dovetailing that into, I'm dovetailing this into the conversation you and I are having about the Broncos. I think there was this notion in Denver that, you know, well, John Elway, you know, really understands quarterbacks, which he does. Uh, you know, and they have a great defense, which they did. And we can just stick back, stick this guy back there, uh, Simeon, or, or, you know, go draft a rookie and, you know, just shove him in there and everything will be okay. And you and I weren't having any of that in the off season. We, 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 I think we pretty much grasped that Denver had lost some pieces defensively. They were getting older. You know, there's some guys in that defense by, by football standards that are getting a little long of tooth, as they say. And, you know they they were going to need some offense, and you know you look, you just didn't feel comfortable with the quarterback position. Even if I, mean, I didn't care if they kept Osweiler, I, I, I'll admit I never thought he'd crash and burn to this extent. But yeah, I but you know, Emil, you and I couldn't you know, look oh at it God, and say the, the quarterbacking was not all that great for Denver in their run to the Super Bowl last year. Very sketchy. No, but 
No, but you understand this as a guy who played. I mean, it's impossible at a certain point. You cannot put that much pressure on a defense and expect them to just win it for you every week. I mean, eventually, you know, Denver's playoff run defensively, especially the playoff run. I mean, that defense was special, especially for those three or four games. I mean, they they were shutting everybody down. I mean, they shut down Cam Newton, who was an MVP, who was came into the game with a seventeen and one record. They shut yeah. down Tom Brady. I mean, they. I guess it's our, uh, you know, we have this every show now. Blog Talk Radio, gotta love them. Again, still actively searching for uh, another platform for this great show that we're trying to put together here. These folks make us look bad from time to time. Um, Emil, if you can hear me, just hang up, call back in. We'll try this all over again. But nevertheless, um, yes, the defense was a lot better last year for the Denver Broncos. We could uh, probably sit here forever and try and figure out exactly how and why it was uh, so much less this year than it was the year before. But the truth of the matter is uh, just the defense was not the same for them this year. And um, I guess, you know, there's something to be said for the stability that a quarterback brings to the table. Um, so like a Peyton Manning, and it's not always exactly what you see happening physically on the football field, but how mentally they're able to keep uh, people together in the locker room and get the best out of the other guys um, playing the game. And we're not just talking about the guys that he's individually or directly affecting, which are the wide receivers and running backs and so on and so forth. Uh, it has an effect on the rest of the squad, meaning now also the defense. So um, we'll just have to... Uh, Keep an eye on all that and see how that shakes out for them. But again, the Denver Broncos fall on their face in this one and uh, end up. Let's see if we can get Emil back. And Emil, you there? Yeah, well, you know we're gonna get these guys a Christmas gift. Get me their address. I'm I'm gonna send them some sort of subscription to whatever their their, their connection is, whatever they're doing there. Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you guys, you guys need to get your act together. Anyway, can yeah, I, well, can I let me just read thoughts? this off to you. Once again, in observance of the holidays, our support will be closed December 23rd to the 26th. So any message we send today will definitely fall on deaf ears. Yeah, well, let me just finish my thought, deaf ears. I was <laughs> deaf ears of on Blog Talk Radio. What I was saying was, even the Seahawks finally took off when they got a Russell Wilson in there that every game, you know, they didn't need to go out there and, you know, oh, my God, we gave up 13 points today. We can't win. I mean, that that's when, you know, the last two or three years, you know, you've seen Seattle come into their own as a perennial contender. Denver's not going to be able to just roll these guys out there, a quarterback, and, and win games. And, you know, honestly, I think this kid's young. I mean, he may develop. I'm not saying he's, you know, I'm not writing him off because of this season. I just think Denver was asking a lot of their football team this year to go out and repeat as champions or even be a contender with what they had going on at the quarterback position, especially since they don't have a dominant running game. I mean, hell, I don't even know who their running back is some weeks. Let's talk about the uh, ending in the Pittsburgh versus uh, Baltimore game last night. Would you call that gutsy? What's the label for that? Is it gutsy or is it just uh, stupid and also lucky? Well, think about what happens if he doesn't uh, get an easy. Well, the lucky, the, the lucky part I'll leave to, you know, the, the people like to use that word a lot, and luck is always in, you know, the, the eyes of the person who's saying it or not, you know, on the other end of it. What I will say is it was semi-reckless. It reminds me of a play back about 10, 15 years ago when Bobby Engram played for Penn State and they were in a big game against Michigan State at the end, and 
they did a similar play down on the goal line. He got in the same way and won the game. That's what I said to my wife last night. I said, this reminds me of that Penn State ending. And, uh, you know, that game, I, I didn't understand what he was doing there. He had three shots at the end zone. He throws that ball. And, you know, if Baltimore makes a tackle, that game's over. And, I mean, they had three guys there. So, I mean, I'm going to give Antonio Brown some credit for fight there to get through those three guys. But what the hell were they doing? Three on one and you got a receiver? That guy's got to go down right on the spot. You know, low man wins. Uh, Antonio Brown ended up being a little bit lower than – then Weddle and uh, allowed him to push and, and get it in there. If we're going to get all technical about, I understand you know, leverage. I got you. I got you. But they had two guys. I mean, come on, man. That's that's your season. I mean, I know it, it, it exactly I was because <laughs> it's season. over for those guys. And by virtue of uh, that and other events, the uh, Miami Dolphins are going to be in your 2016 playoffs. People here are Good just trying them. to wrap you know, their mind around it. I've been, I've been critical of them at different points in the season, but I will say this. Good for them. You know, that team, you know, nobody gave them a shot, including us at the beginning of the year. And, you know, they're in the playoffs. They earned it. I like this. They've made some changes there that I think are positive moving forward. They've, they've found a running game. They've gotten tougher. And, you know, I'm glad they're in. I mean, you know what? Honestly, Baltimore has been too choppy all year for me. You know, their their play's been up and down. I'd rather let a team like the Dolphins in. Um, well, by the way, one more thing before we get off that game. I wanted to ask you a question now, since you're asking all the questions. What was your take? And I swear you weren't sitting here. You'll have to take my word that I'm an honest guy. My wife and I had just got done. You know, we were done with the Christmas dinner. Everybody had left. We watched the second half of that game sitting on the couch. And when that fullback from the the Ravens made that beautiful run with a minute left, as he was going through at the five-yard line, I yelled, fall down on the one. I was my exact thing. I said, because I'm thinking, yeah, you can't. it would have been first and goal at the one, and granted, there's no guarantee you're going to get in, but you have to like your chances. Because I kind of knew at that point. He had you're never going to get that play. I just, I just understand not. That. I understand that. I, I'm, I'm just asking you, if, if he did it, let's pretend hypothetically, if he had fallen on the one, are you okay with that? Or is your theory, hey, just get in the end zone, that's the defense's problem. Get in the end zone. That's the defense's problem. All right. Okay, uh, you got a football okay. team. Our job is to get this ball in the end zone right now. In that situation, you know, we need to score. Um, yeah. Score. And then you guys on the other side need to handle your business. Right. It's, you know, you're right in that you say it sounds good in theory, like you're playing video games, but it is the NFL, and there's no guarantee. We've seen enough teams in our lives first and goal at the one and they don't get in Four plays. yeah most You're definitely right. and then so uh, you know all the critics would come out um against you know that move if if you ended up doing that just you just you know as to quote the great dj Khaled, you played yourself um and i don't know that anyone's mind is really working like that um in that know, particular yeah, that was, situation that was, that was able the football fan playing playing fantasy video games i mean i just said you know the first thing i'm jumping up yelling fall on the one because i knew yeah, well, Pittsburgh had too much time i knew that so let time. me ask you that let me ask you this question prior to that prior to the snap of that play did any thought like that cross your mind my, my thought the whole time as they were going down was slowed out. I, I noticed the Ravens. I, I was like, listen, you got plenty of time here. I'm not going to say my thought was fall on the one. My thought the whole drive was, if you don't get Pittsburgh to exhaust their timeouts here or, or you know, whittle the clock down to, say, 40 seconds, you're going to leave them too much time. When I saw them score at about a minute 15 left and I looked and saw Pittsburgh had two timeouts, 
I really, my heart felt at best they were going to play overtime. I didn't think Baltimore was going to stop Pittsburgh at that point. The way the game had been going and the way Pittsburgh just got on a roll, they were they just got hot. I mean, you know, yeah, very difficult for your mind to work that way. If you didn't have that in your mind before you were handed that football, you, you will not have that in your mind. Once it is oh, handed, I'm not criticizing the guy, he made probably the best run of the entire game. That fullback. I mean, listen, there's no criticism there. It's more of me just being a silly fan watching a game, thinking to myself, he should fall in the one. But really, it was more of a time management thing. I think Baltimore, in their in their haste to score, I'm not sure they really realized they had plenty of time once they got inside the 15 yard line. It wasn't a clock thing at that point. Um, it was more of can we get in the end zone. And I, I think they could have even slowed down more and milked the clock because, hey, if they don't score anyway, the game's over. It doesn't matter. They're not getting that, – that was the football game. So, for me, you got to realize Ben Ro- – hey, listen, Dallas did the same thing against Pittsburgh earlier this year. Dallas scored with two and a half minutes left to take a lead. They gave Roethlisberger back the ball, and that was the fake spike game where he – Yeah, then there, then there were like ten more scores after that. In that game. Well, there was 50 seconds left, and that's when Dallas went down. Yeah, and they got the parting of the Red Sea there for Ezekiel Elliott. But, I mean, my point was, you can't give that guy, especially at home, you give that Roethlis at home, you give him the ball with, like, two minutes left, you're guaranteed the year he scored. It's almost like when he's at home in that stadium with that crowd, forget about it. I don't know. You're talking about trying to go to the playoffs and play in the postseason where everything's ratcheted up and you're playing the best of the best. If you can't put your defense out there in that situation and stop a team from scoring a touchdown, then really, what are you, what are you, what are we talking about here anyway? Probably an early exit uh, from oh, the playoffs. Yeah, no, no, I get I, that I look, you want to win that you. game. I, I'm with you. That's a, that's a situation where all year the Ravens have been known as a defensive team. They're one of the top five or six teams in the league all season. If that's your best unit on that team, it's not your offense. So if your defense can't get a stop there, you're right. We're not talking about anything. We're just, you know, we're going around circles. They're they're not. They weren't going anywhere this season based on what they showed you at the end of that game. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where we stand on that. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue the NFL talk uh, as we talk about some of the uh, great playoff games. Uh, Did I say playoff? Playoff implicated games, if there is such a thing. Um, Coming up here on the show, and we'll, we'll try to sort out some of the action that went down on Saturday. We had all the games on Saturday because Christmas was yesterday on a Sunday. We'll talk about that and some of the other side stories in the NFL when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay right with us. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? 
Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen. Back at our uh, preseason predictions on the on the uh, finishes of the teams in the NFL, we did you know we did a decent job. We should uh, we should talk about this after next week's action. Uh, yeah, how, yeah. Why don't we, we, we cover that? Far, I mean, you know, I I know my Super Bowl pick is crap only because of Arizona and their season they've had. I mean, I've heard in the Super Bowl, which I still have a decent shot at right now, especially with what we're going to talk about went down over the weekend because one of the teams I think that was in their way, really got significantly worse. Uh, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. So, uh, yeah, I think we should cover that next week. We'll be accountable for our picks. Yeah, you and I were uh, dead on with Denver. And, I, you know, I'm talking about this because you brought it up. But we're all right in some other places, so it'll be interesting to go over all of that. Hey, two very unfortunate things happened in the action on Saturday for two playoff-bound teams or teams. One that's playoff-bound, the other one that was – uh, on their way, but maybe probably playing themselves out of position uh, during the game on Saturday. But that's the uh, broken legs for both uh, Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr, two very good young quarterbacks in this league. And, you know, we're sorely in need of that in this league. Um, it was tough to see how Mariota broke his uh, on the play in which it happened. Carr was a little, little easier to see, but very unfortunate, Amos. Oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, I spent the whole weekend up here um, after I commented on Facebook that even I'm not as a Raider fan, I hated to see what happened there because I thought, you know, hey, they're, they're in a nice position. They're having a really good season. Not that I, I was any less sad to see Mariota go down. But then I spent a whole weekend trying to convince the homers up here who are big Penn State fans, their backup quarterback is from Scranton, Pennsylvania, which is literally 20 miles from my home, um, a, a mile from where I grew up telling me that the Raiders will be just fine with Matt McGlean at quarterback. No, they won't. And I said, listen, I said, guys, let me help you here. Um, you're not going down a rung on the ladder from Derek Carr to Matt McGloin. You're falling off the Empire State Building. Free fall. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they were happy to hear that from you. Mr. Well, not, I live not in Penn, not liking the kid. Pennsylvania I mean, anti-Penn State guy. It's not about that. I'm a realist. It's not. There's a reason. There's a couple rules I have with guys in the NFL. If you're a backup quarterback and you're not in the league probably two years or less, you're either old, which is fine, you can be a backup, or you were never really that great, which is the case here. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and and then the other thing too, Emil, is that Derek Carr is uh, such a big part of and reason why they were in the position that they're in anyway. I mean, uh, if you've watched the Raiders play this year, he's dug him out of some you know some mess quite a few times. Um, and he's a really big part of their record and where they stand in this whole playoff thing. And for that to be gone, uh, it would be tough for any backup quarterback to fill those shoes, let alone a, a guy like McGloin. Is that the name? Am I saying that right? Yeah, Matt McGloin. You know, it's funny because I, I you know, I, I went and did a little study on his, you know, brief five or six years in the league, you know, and with these, you know, there's just little nuances that people are missing here. I mean, McGloin's a career 58% passer. Carr's like over 65%. Carr's got like a 97 quarterback rating this year. McGloin's is like 78. I mean, I mean, you're just, I'm not saying he's, he's, he's your typical backup NFL quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. But the chances of making a Super Bowl run, and, you know, I people, Jeff Hostetler did okay for himself. He played on an all-time <laughs> great defense. The, the, the 1990 New York Giants had a defense that gave up like, what, 16, 17 points a game? I mean, this team, the Raiders are 30th in the league in defense. Are you kidding me? Yeah, um, and it'd be nice if they had that to lean back on, but the Raiders at this point have given up 361 yards, I mean, 361 points this season. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not kind. That's not playoff defense. And well, let me I put will it say this way. That would be, here's what this injury is to me, okay? I think the Atlanta Falcons, as constructed, Okay, have a good chance in the NFC. If Matt Ryan goes down, they got no chance. They've given up 370-some points. They're, they're not going to win games, you know, 13-10, the Atlanta Falcons. It's the same thing with the Raiders. They're just not – they're not constructed not that, built way. that way. That's, yeah, they're just, they're just not built that way. As it stands, the Raiders are the third highest scoring uh, team in the NFL right now, and uh, the big reason for that uh, was laying on the turf and had to get, you know – helped off the field and uh, is not going to be available to them. Perhaps, you know, in a first-round playoff game, and, you know, Emil, you'd better be able to give me an idea because, you you know, you follow and sort that stuff out pretty well. Who would be their first-round opponent? They get a bye. Uh, well, okay, well, we could do it real easy, right? Let's, let's assume the Patriots win next week or the Raiders lose. That makes the Patriots the one seed. The Raiders, well, here's the interesting. Let me say this. Hold on here. If the Raiders lose at Denver next week, and Kansas City wins. The Raiders go from being the number two seed all the way down to the number five seed because Kansas City will win the division. So this is that's why it's hard to figure out. The Raiders could either get a first round bye, or they could be looking at a game in Houston, which you say, oh, well, look at Houston, but Houston's got a really good defense, so they could they could play havoc on a kid that doesn't know what the hell he's doing out there. Could the Raiders not go from home field advantage throughout? Or is that off the well, table? Well, the Raiders could do that if they won the game and the Patriots lost. Oh, there's, there's yeah, a million or scenarios that are in play. play. Yeah. Millions. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know that it matters, to to be honest with you. I, I They may get a boost, Emil, in that first game. Uh, and I could be I could be wrong here. They may get a boost in that first playoff game because there just isn't enough information available on how the Raiders will run things with uh, Carr out and McGloin in. But, uh, you know, we're talking about the playoffs now, not a regular season game. And, you know, talent and and talent becomes a bigger part of it at this point. So 
Uh, well, here's the only thing we're certain of right now in the AFC. The only thing we're certain of is it looks pretty much like the Steelers are locked into the number three seed and the Dolphins are locked into the number six seed. So it looks pretty much like Miami will be going to Pittsburgh on wild card weekend. And so shake this race out for us right now. It's New England one, Oakland two currently, Pittsburgh three. And we're still trying to figure out division champion four, Kansas City five, and then Miami six. So let's say just everything held for the sake of the discussion we're having here. Sure. That sends that sends Kansas City to Houston, which I think is real a real quick exit for Houston there. Okay. Mm, right. And then and then you know let's for argument's sake again because not that I'm picking that right now, but let's just say the higher seed wins Pittsburgh beats Miami. You would have Pittsburgh then headed to Oakland, and you would have Kansas City heading to New England. Not that again. Not that again, right? Exactly. You know. So I, don't I mean, know. I, I mean, I, I think I like this Kansas City team, though, Emil. Oh, listen, I if I'm Kansas City, you know, I'm I'm becoming a big Denver fan next week because I think you get Kansas City in that two hole, get a game to work it out, you know, get feeling good about themselves in the playoffs, win a playoff game, and then go to New England. That could be a different game, you know. I mean, I, I'd like to have them have you know a little confidence going in there. Yeah, and I, I you know. Also with with the Chiefs, I really like the dynamic that uh, Hill brings to the to the team. You know the explosive plays and uh, the danger that he brings. Really, uh, it's a little exciting for me, and could be a problem for you know opposing teams in the playoffs. That's just and something. In the playoffs, that... I don't think people realize just how much losing Gronkowski hurts the Patriots because the way their offense is set up, he is their big play guy. Because of the matchup, when they want to stretch the field and get chunk yardage, they're looking to him. Right now, you know, unless that little Hogan guy, who we'll talk about later when we go over our fantasy football, unless he gets open, they really don't have a lot of guys to stretch that field. They have to sneak up on the end zone, eight yards at a time, seven yards at a time. Yeah, that's a lot of execution that you've got to get right uh, in in a playoff game against, you know, mostly great defenses. That's just a lot of things that you got to do right in a row. You got to have some tremendous consistency to pull that off. But I'm liking uh, how Kansas City is looking here, you know, and you get 11 catches out of your your tight end, Travis Kelsey, last night. 11 for 160. What a big night he's had. And you know me, how I've felt about Alex Smith over the years. Much maligned to me. Uh, Very steady quarterback, but, you know, everyone's always been looking for – the replacement, who could be better, this, that, and the other. I just have always liked the way this guy's played the game. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this. If you're a Steeler fan, and, again, I don't think you can get too much into matchups in the playoffs. Listen, here's the bottom line in the playoffs. You're going to play some good teams. It doesn't matter. It's the playoffs. I mean, you know, I know I'm stating the obvious. But as far as matchups go, if you're the Steelers, while you're not necessarily scared of anyone, you're playing very well right now, big winning streak going on. I mean, you have to admit, a trip to Kansas City – in that divisional round is less appealing than a trip to Oakland. Oh, absolutely. Especially given, you know, what's happened to Oakland with Derek Carr. Uh, that's definitely the case. And, you know, that's the matchup that you want. But we'll just have to see how this whole thing unfolds. Uh, some other stuff that interesting things that went down in the National Football League this weekend. Uh, 
you know, I guess we could talk about some of these a little bit more as we get into our picks. But let's talk about the Vikings and the Packers. What to make of Green Bay? You know, they looked like they were in serious trouble there for a little while, Emil. And now they've ripped off five in a row. And for the last three weeks, their offense has been absolutely unstoppable. And Aaron Rodgers looks like uh, the guy that won MVP. Aaron Rodgers is still a great quarterback. I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody anybody who doesn't know that before the streak, then you you know you stop talking to them as a conversation. I will say this about Green Bay, it, especially Fox covers them a lot because they're an NFC team, and that's Fox. Uh, you know, I think Joe Buck and many of the the Fox analysts have a ton of just like they have this Green Bay infatuation. Yeah, they're on a five game winning streak. It's still a team that's allowed 364 points. So to your point on your earlier conversation about you know, about Oakland. Oakland, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're going to go on the road. They're, they're not going to be in Green Bay. Maybe a game, but then they're going to get a trip to, to Dallas or Atlanta or Seattle, and I think they're going to go home. I, mean, I think it's real simple. Look at their last two games. I mean, they beat the Bears 30-27. to 27. Key number there of 27. The Bears were scoring, and it wasn't garbage 27. The Packers had a score at the end to win the game. Now the Vikings got a little garbage at the end, but still the Vikings aren't exactly an offensive juggernaut. They hung 25 on them. I think a lot of this is really based on the win against Seattle where they did go 6-0 in turnovers and played a great game defensively. But you look at the rest of that schedule of the five wins at Philadelphia. Philadelphia's been in the tank now since the middle of the season. I mean, they've just been struggling with a rookie quarterback. We know what Houston is. That was a 21-13 game in Green Bay. Houston can't score. And then the two games I mentioned, I mean, they had the win against Seattle, and I think that's got people real excited about Green Bay. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, they don't. Outside of that, Emil, uh, here's the troubling thing for me. Yesterday was their fifth win in a row. Uh, and the four games previous, they had made a more concerted effort to run the football. Um, Double-digit carries from Montgomery. You're seeing that back-to-back-to-back and over and over. Well, you know, in this game against Minnesota, you went to the halftime with a 28-13 lead. That's a comfortable lead in this league. And still, in a game like that, you only managed to, you know, have nine carries for Montgomery, a total of 15 run plays, carries for your running backs. And if you're going back to old Green Bay, they got in trouble and lost four games in a row. And uh, this is the wrong time for that to be happening. Two things. One... You know me, I'm a simpleton. When my number where when my running backs wear number eighty eight, I have a problem. Okay. <laughs> number two, okay. <laughs> when we get we to all, the playoffs, we all should be aware of that. Yes, okay. When we get to the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers is always gonna want to be Aaron. See, Aaron Rodgers to me is a little bit like Dan Marino. Like you got that oh, right yeah. early on. If Aaron that Rodgers that that angers some people, but yes, uh, it needs to be about me. It needs to be about me, and I read some great articles this weekend that happened to come up about, you notice that when guys leave New England, this guy was saying, like anybody, Randy Moss, outspoken Randy Moss, nobody ever really has a bad parting shot for Brady. But, yeah, when guys left Green Bay, they killed, they killed Rodgers. The one quote was, listen, if there's a window at the end of a game that he needs to throw the ball into and he thinks it's a high probability of an interception, He'll, he'll just run around and, and not let that ball go because he's worried about his interception total. Whereas the guy said a guy like Andrew Luck just lets it rip. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's about what we're trying to win a football game here, you know. Uh, and, and listen, when you guys start getting into stats, man, it's a killer. Uh, and, you know, it's blaspheme for me to say stuff like this about Dan Marino. 
because of, of where I'm located. But that was the case. You know, people will go on and on about, oh, he never had a running game. He never had a defense. He didn't want those things. All those things would detract away from his arm. You get a running that's game, right. you got to hand you the know, ball that's off what to a guy. Yesterday, that's where I'm going with this is you mentioned yesterday. You said, oh, they're up 28-13. But he was feeling it yesterday. So he wants to throw the ball. So in a game where they should really be pounding it, working on that running game, getting ready for the playoffs, running out the clock, you know, they're still throwing it. I mean, this is a team that runs the ball for 103 yards a game. That's not enough in the NFL. It's not enough. And not with this postseason coming and them having to be on the road about it. You better have a little bit more confidence um, and something more to hold on to in your run game than what they currently have. As a result, and you let someone like Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford, throw for 382 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions in the game. 34 of 50, 382, three touchdowns, no interceptions against you, Sam Bradford. Yeah, hey, listen, I hope I don't have to eat this because, I, you know, it happens to me. But, hey, I, I'll be accountable like we all with all our predictions. But there's a high probability if things play out that they're on the road in that divisional game at Dallas. And I expect what happened the first time to happen the second time only in spades. I well, like expect we did Dallas, on the AFC side uh, kind of set things up for us uh, as to how they're happening on the, uh, on the NFC side right now. How do things look like they'll end up? Well, Seeding-wise, you know, Dallas sewed up that number one pick, uh, number one seed, excuse me, last week uh, or this weekend when the Giants went down. Uh, there's really – that's it. They're number one. Um, they claim they're going to play tonight. Uh, they'll rest guys that are injured, but anybody else who's ready to go is playing, and I agree with that, right? I mean, in the NFL, you can get hurt in practice, so you might as well play. Um, sure. They're going to be number one. Atlanta has now slid into the number two seed via Seattle, who we'll talk about, man. What's with the Seahawks? I mean, they just went out there and got beat in all by a team. injury is going to be huge. Huge. I agree. I agree. Seattle's in trouble right now. I mean, that game, that, that losing that game to Arizona and just losing Lockett, I think Seattle really, they, they, have, they have some big issues uh, in the playoffs. But anyway, so right now you've got Atlanta in the two seed. If Seattle can hold serve next week, which I'm going to assume they can win at San Francisco, they will stay in the three <laughs> seed. Uh, you know, they better. Yeah, they better. If they lose that game, forget about it. So uh, let's put them in the three seed. The winner of uh, this – well, let me say this. I I have to stop myself. If Detroit were to win tonight and win next week, Detroit would be the three seed, it looks like, the way I'm looking at this right here, because Detroit then would be 11-5 and and Seattle could be 10-5-1. Let's assume, just for his sake, Detroit loses one of those two. I'm going to put Green Bay as the four seed. They win the NFC North. Um and then it looks like the Giants are the five, and then Detroit may be the six, the way it's playing out right now. So then we're looking at a uh, we're looking at a Seattle-Detroit meeting. Yes, if it played you know, out that way, sure. If it goes this way, and in a Green Bay-New York Giants game, who do you like in that? I, you know, I guess I, I, I got to go with Green Bay, but I'm telling you, man, uh, looking at that box score, that's trouble for Green Bay. That Green Bay's nine problem in playing the Giants, the only team carries total, that's, that's a troubling sign for Green Bay. Well, they'd have some matchup problems there. Number one, they have no home field advantage weather-wise. The Giants aren't going to care about the frozen tundra. They've played there before. Um, the only thing that concerns me with the Giants is, can they move the ball enough to exploit the weakness of the Green Bay defense? The Giants have really been a terrible offensive team for the most part this season. I say this. Uh, and, and he's been a good receiver this year, okay? He's been a good receiver this year. But Thielen, 
for Minnesota going for 200 yards suggested me that you can have a really hard time uh, handling number 13 for the New York Giants. Oh, absolutely. That game will come down to this. Can they? I mean, Green Bay, believe it or not, is one of the top teams in the league sacking the quarterback this season. If they don't get pressure on Manning, they'll. I, I would. I would. That game is that. That game is right there to me. Can they pressure Manning? If they pressure Manning, they'll probably win the game. If they let Manning sit in a rocking chair, he'll pick him apart because when he's comfortable, he can still make the throws, and then Green Bay will be in trouble at home. That's about as interesting a playoff game as there is out of both uh, out of both conferences in that first week. That Green oh, yeah. Bay New York Giants matchup. Yeah, and then, you know that would set up then, right? You know, if that's the matchup, that sets up then to send you know potentially the Giants to Dallas if they were to win. How about that for the third time? Yeah. Um, listen, I know it's hard to beat a team three times, but I just don't think that that's something the Cowboys really want. You know, this, you know, a team could like be in your head a little bit. And I'm wondering if the Giants are somehow in Dallas's head. I think I think the Cowboys would much prefer to see uh, someone else other than New York right now. You know what? I, I'm not sure that that's not you and me and everybody else thinking as fans, because guess what? When you play, put it this way, Dallas won the number one seed. They're clearly one of the two or three best teams, at least for the regular season in the league. When you were playing at Miami and you guys had it going, Let's face it, you didn't care who was coming. You thought, you're an athlete. It's like, bring them on. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I, I mean, unless a team unless a team managed to come in there and beat you. You know what I mean? Uh, unless a team yeah, came in there and mean, managed I mean, a way to they figure lost, out they, they lost to get by all of your juggernautness, if I could yeah, use I that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, then it, it plants a little bit of a seed in your head. Like, well, what do these guys know about us that, you know, no one else knows? We seem to be able to roll over everyone else. But when we get to these guys, we got a problem. Is there is there a secret? Do is someone dropping down in our uh, in our locker room and getting our play sheet? You, you know why? I, I mean, as practices? a fan, I I want that game. The reason I do, because see, I look at matchups, and here's my concern: as much as I think the Cowboys could steamroll Packers defense, um, let's say you have a game where you kick it around a little bit, you have a bad game, you turn it over a couple times. A guy like Rodgers, if he just gets locked in, he's an all-time great. If he's like one of those guys that has one of those Infuego days, he's just, you know, wherever he throws it, it's hitting Jordy Nelson in the hands. Mm-hmm. He scares me more for the way Dallas is built. I look at the Giants and I say, you know what? They're not going to put up a ton of points. They've already played them twice. There's not. Dallas, you know, if Dallas has their normal offensive game and they they, they can score 24, I feel very comfortable in a game against the Giants, whereas I know – it's just look at the way they've played them all year. They've gotten pressure on Manning. They, they, the Giants hit one play last game. That was really the game. I mean, I, I like that matchup. I hate guys like Rodgers because he has one of those days every once in a while. He just has a day where you're like, he's going to throw for 400 yards, and it doesn't matter who you put out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll have to agree with you on that to a certain extent. I just I don't see Green Bay being able to do anything against Dallas. I mean, his seed's kind of planted in their head the other way. So we'll uh, just have to see how that goes. All right, we made some picks this weekend. We probably shouldn't have in the NFL. Uh, wasn't the wasn't the greatest <laughs> performance, um, especially for me as I took the collar. So let's talk about these picks real quick. You know, when I sat here and looked at um, what I did here, you know, some rules were violated. You know, this late in the season, you're kind of taking some chances when you pick losing teams because. 
What are losing teams good at, Emil? They're they're very good at losing and screwing up. Very good at losing and finding ways to lose games. And, you know, these teams that I picked this week didn't even really have to go too hard to try and find the losses. They they made it apparent early on. So you didn't have to um, expend too much emotional energy in the game. It was clear early on what was going on. So my first pick was the Chicago Bears, three-and-a-half-point underdogs. It sounded good when I was saying it. Uh, what were the Redskins going to do? Not much for them to do there. They're not playing good ball. The Bears kind of had something going. Matt Barkley playing good football. Matt Barkley threw five to the uh, wrong guys. Uh, I mean, he came crashing down to earth. Um, I guess now we see why Matt Barkley was not a starting quarterback in this league. To my yeah, point it goes to your point segment. about backup, backup yes, quarterbacks. Yes. He, he goes from the uh, penthouse to the outhouse, uh, 360-something yards passing the week before, five interceptions this week, all aiding the Redskins in their 41-21 runaway win over the Bears, so took a loss on that one. Uh, the New York Jets, they were in this game up until the ball was kicked off to start it, and uh, then – from that point on, nowhere even close. Patriots dominate them from uh, whistle to gun, 41-3. to three. Again, no uh, yeah, emotional Yeah, did you, by energy. the way, see that, that Sheldon Richardson was calling out Brandon Marshall? Okay, now I want you to think about what I'm saying here. Sheldon Richardson was calling out Brandon Marshall. Now, this he, Sheldon Richardson, for those of you out there who don't follow real false plays defense for the New York Jets. The last two games, the Jets have given up 34 points to the Dolphins and 41 to the Patriots, and he's calling out the wide receiver. Yeah, what was his point? Because I didn't see this. I have no idea what his point was. When I saw the headline, I didn't. I, I can't waste 30 seconds of my life to figure out what his point was. His team gave up 41 points. The Jets have displayed as little professional integrity these last three weeks as any team I can remember in a long time. I mean, they're not even going out there and, like, sort of losing and just being bad. They're laying down. I mean, their last three games, have you seen the scores? The, the last it's, quite three apparent. They had... it's quite apparent, Amal, what the New York Jets need is um, some stability and leadership at the quarterback position. I'm not even sure are they going to get that. Uh, I'm, sure they want, I'm sure they want a rookie that uh, to come in there, so, uh, you know, uh, come and lead this franchise uh, you know, unless you get like a Jameis Winston type and there aren't many if any like that out there you're not going to get a a fiery strong leader at the top there at that position so what do you do you go in free agency if you go in free agency uh you don't what do you, you don't you don't typically get a leader type guy unless you get a Tony Romo um right. but they definitely need that yes i agree i agree with that. i don't think that's going to happen though yeah, so they're they're going they might be in trouble for uh a little a little time to come here. The uh Colts were my last pick. They were the closest, but they were really far. Uh you know, they came up with 11 points in that fourth quarter to pull closer, but this was a runaway as well. Uh things only kind of fell apart there when you know, as we talked about Derek Carr went down, but the Raiders were firmly in control in this contest. At one point they had a 33 to 14 lead in this contest and the Colts were just fighting to get back in it. And, uh, you know, it looked close at the end, 33-25, but it wasn't. Uh, so I took three very easy losses in my picks, dropping me to, what am I, 500 again? You're back to 500, brother. Yeah, I'm married back to that. Back to 500, 23-23-2. And, you know, I didn't do much better. I'll go backwards. I'll, I'll build to the crescendo where I have my one correct selection. I started <laughs> with the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, figuring Miami would find a house of horrors up there in Buffalo. But, they didn't. The Dolphins were in the game the whole way. 
They were going to cover the spread. They tied it late, sent it to overtime. They took a win. Somehow the Bills ran the ball, I believe, in this game for over 200 yards to get in a loss. I don't know. To, uh, on that note, Amal, let me just stop you. I believe the Buffalo Bills became the uh, the team to gain the most yards in a loss. Uh, 598, 600. Oh, something. dear God. Yeah. They, they, they uh, achieved that milestone uh, in the game against yeah. the Dolphins. Most yards gained in a loss. I mean, because they did, they did everything they wanted to do offensively. They ran the ball, they threw oh, the yeah. ball, they did they whatever did they wanted. Somehow it wasn't good enough for a win. No, not enough. So, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of the Bills. They're just one of those teams that every year they Rex Ryan, like that's what you make of the Bills. Yeah, they're, Rex they're Ryan. perpetually challenging eight mates. So, the Bills were a loser. Then I came right back with another team that just, you know, what, what do I say about the Carolina Panthers? I mean, they fools gold once again. You know, they're home, coming off a couple decent games. I figure, okay, the Panthers, they, they would love to. I was with more. you on that. Yeah, I figure they're going to finish 500. They're going to want to, you know, at least have some pride. They were in the Super Bowl last year, springboarded into the offseason. Because we know the NFL, the offseason just starts right up. So you have a very fresh taste in your mouth in the NFL. You start up again in March, April, mini camps. So I'm figuring they want to go into their strong. What do they do? They go out and they get torched at home, 33-16. to 16. I take a loss there. And then finally, and I did say it, I'm going to take credit here. Did I not say if the Browns were going to win a game outright this season, this was the spot? Didn't I say that on Friday's show? Absolutely. And you know what? They tried several times, Emil, to, 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 to give the game away, and the Chargers denied their, their chances. And, uh, you know, it, it, you, turned, you, picked one, you picked a good one here. The Browns picked them to yeah, get Yeah, I mean, so at the end of the day, the Browns came out. They got four and a half points. They win the game outright 20 to 17. Somebody in my survivor pool, I was down to the final eight this week. One of the eight guys took the San Diego Chargers when he sent the pick in. And I was with the guy who runs the pool on, on Thursday with my wife and his wife having dinner. He said, the guy said, when I opened my email and I saw this guy's taking the Chargers, I'm thinking, do you really want to do that? Mm. <laughs> so, the Chargers. There were so many here, other weeks you could have went against the Browns. Yes, yes. So I, I got to win. I'm 21, 25, and two on the season. I'm a couple games behind you here in the uh, the NFL. Thank God for the postseason. You still got a chance to catch me here, though. I doubt I'm going to put up another stinker like I did this week. Let's slide over to the fantasy focus sponsored by FanDuel, folks. If you're into fantasy football and uh, you don't want to be tied into a whole season every week is a new season at FanDuel so head on over there right now get yourself signed up use gridiron studs as your promo code and you can get yourself a nice little bonus to get going uh small entry fees can yield big dollars for you turn all of your football smarts into a nice little profit and some fun for you at FanDuel.com all right um this was a this was a nice little battle. We could I could see where it was lost, and it has to do with you know the New England Patriots for you. I'll, I'll talk about my side. You can get on to yours in a moment. Uh, for the second week in a row, I went bargain basement shopping and uh, found myself a cheap quarterback who yielded some big uh, big points for me, and it was Blake Bortles. Uh, I just really felt like with Gus Bradley gone, there'd be some different things done. It would and it would kind of mess with the defense and. Uh, lo and behold, it turned out. Now, Amal, I do need to tell you this. I had a back-and-forth struggle as I was shopping for, you know, a bargain basement quarterback. I almost went Matt Barkley. But I just oh, said boy. to myself, I almost did it, and I just said to myself, 363 last week, 
He's a career backup. What's the chances of him doing that again? And uh, thankfully, um, thankfully, right. Thankfully, you know, some smarts overtook me and I went with Bortles. He yields me 26.2 points, even caught a touchdown pass. Amo. How about that? Blake Bortles. Wow. Uh, having some fun with Gus Bradley gone. So uh, 26.2 points. Uh, the running back thing. I, like you, thought Carolina would look a whole lot different than they did in this game against Atlanta. And I thought a big part of them uh, possibly getting this win against the Falcons would be Jonathan Stewart doing something big in this game and being fed and, you know, getting around 100 yards and scoring at least a touchdown. None of that happened. Um, didn't get 100. Didn't get in the end zone. And uh, as a result, only 5.7 points. That was the biggest problem for me uh, in in uh, on my team uh, because the other – factor that I thought um, would be big on on Saturday would be T.Y. Hilton having to be a big part of the plan for the Indianapolis Colts. So, you know, of course, I thought they would play a little bit closer in this ball game and have a chance to win it. But I knew he uh, didn't do much last week. And if you're going to go out to Oakland and beat the Raiders, you couldn't have him be inactive uh, like he was a week before. So he uh, got out there and did some things for me. And fortunately, um, it, that Oakland Raiders game wasn't a complete and total wash uh, as it looked like it was going to be. But, you know, he had some big plays, four catches, 105 yards, yields 14.5 points for me. Um, and um, help so me out your here. final That's total? 46.4 points. Um, and that was good enough for me to get the, get the win again, my friend. So, yeah, hey, I'm done. Hey. But let, let's go through mine. I mean, before he went and uh, torched uh, his, his fibula, Right, that's what he broke. Carr was going crazy. He had three touchdowns. I took Derek Carr. He had 228 yards passing. So what did that get me in that? 21.9 points. So good pick there for me. Then at you know at night I had another good pick. Except you know in that game last night he couldn't find the end zone. I mean the Chiefs ran the ball for 238 yards last night. Uh, Spencer Ware a big part of that. 13 carries for 62. He caught two passes for 20 yards. I'm assuming what I get eight or nine points there. 9.2 points, but certainly it looked like um, he could have been heading into a, a night where, where, you know, 20 points plus could have been a possibility. And if so, uh, that would have that would have changed the way this game went down. Now, my big problem, and this is something we're going to have to remember giving tips out next year on fantasy football, I'm going to shy away from Patriot players and receivers because you just never know. If it's not Gronkowski, if it's not yeah. Gronk, and if it's not yeah. Brady, you're you're really rolling the dice. Yeah, because you just don't know who they're going to be pissed off at that week and exclude from the game plan. For some reason, Hogan's <laughs> Heroes there must have not brought in coffee on Tuesday or whatever they were doing or Monday. That's so, funny because that's, it kind of seems like that's how things go over there in Foxborough. Yeah, it's like, it's like what, you forget the coffee and donuts? I mean, a kid gets five targets, he catches one ball for 20, 22 yards, something like that. So I got probably two points. So you can't yeah, get two points, points in a points. fantasy game from your receiver. Come on, man. Oh, I've already I've made that mistake enough times. I, I've uh, I think I've picked everyone on the New England Patriots at least once. I've done Deion Lewis when he looked like he was going well. Um, I've thought you know Legarrette Blount was a sure thing, and I've got stuck in the face with that. Uh, oh. Remember the uh, remember the running back from a couple years ago that they got? Yeah, from the, the kid from Texas. He had 200 yards, and then he did something the next week, and you never heard from him again. Great. That's right. He, he was back yeah. to stocking shelves at Whole Foods. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. The New England Patriots, man, they just like it. There must be something going on there. It's like, oops, you forgot. You didn't bring any jelly donuts in today. You're not getting the ball next Sunday. 
Yeah, um, amazing. And let me look at this real quick because I thought I looked at the at the box score and yeah, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different guys catch a pass uh, in in that game for the yeah, New the England. Yeah, the equipment Patriots. manager probably got as many targets as Hogan. <laughs> yeah, it's a, <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. Four or five of these guys had just one catch, so you know um, it's difficult. Yeah, it's my fault. So I took the loss. Our season's over. We'll still, and you know what? It's good that it's over because, to be honest, putting out fantasy picks, most fantasy leagues end already this week. Uh, week 17 is considered a dead week because of the stars being sat in a lot of cases at the end of the season. So, Well, Amo, let me throw this out there to you. Since this is FanDuel and it's not a season-long fantasy, um, fantasy does continue to go on at FanDuel in the playoffs. So we could effectively continue this and give you an opportunity to get back sure. into this thing we'll as win because it's, it's a new week every week. Thing. We'll use our skill set to try to figure out what guys are actually going to be playing next week and maybe do something. I mean, the games are going to go on, so let's figure it out. Yeah, there you go. So we'll come up with something here for you and uh, unleash it on you guys later on in this week. So that just wraps up our whole NFL thing. I'm going to jump into a quick break when we get back. Real quick, we'll talk about some college football. we got bowl games coming up here, Amo, and they're coming up in like three, four minutes, right? That's what you like. It's that bowl game. It's that midweek bowl action. It's those 41 bowl games coming right at you. We'll take a break. We'll be right back to talk college football right after this. Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.
back for the final segment of the Gridiron Stud Show. Kind of messed myself up there, but we're back. College football on tap, and uh, very, very early. I love the. Do you, do you like 11 a.m. bowl game starts, Abel? Uh, no, but hey, I mean, for this kind of game, as few people as, as possible should see it. Hey, I like them. You know, give me the bowl games right now. You know, you roll out of bed, see a bowl game. I mean, what the heck? You can't put Mississippi State and Miami of Ohio on at prime time. So you might as well just roll them out there at 11. Do it at 10 if you want. 9 a.m. if you can. Yeah, sure. Why not? That's what they do in California. Yeah. Just you roll know, out they, of bed they, watch, they, watch a game. That's right. So these folks are going to get an 8 a.m. bowl game uh, on the West, case, West Coast right now because the uh, Mississippi State, Miami of Ohio are uh, literally five minutes away from uh, getting going here. And I happen to have a pick on that one. Just a reminder, I'm taking the Bull- Mississippi State Bulldogs uh, as 14-point favorites in this contest. Also, uh, one of my other picks is going uh, later on today at 5 o'clock as I'm taking Vanderbilt uh, as, uh, what do I have them at, four-point underdogs against NC State. That line's now five and a half now. Amy. Now, and earlier in the bowl, Chad's four and oh so far in the bowl season. I'm three and one. Chad had a pick on Navy that went the other day, uh, getting seven, a very healthy spot. The game went down to the end. Louisiana Tech beat them 48-45. Navy covers that. Uh, that was a nice pick on your part. You you kind of were right when you said in your analysis in that Navy just pulls the kid from science class and he runs the option and uh, that <laughs> offense works. So, yeah, good pick there. I mean, and yeah, that I want to thank. Yeah, that that game was everything I thought it would be. You know, when you get those high flying passing attacks against the naval academies or those uh, option attacks, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be points on top of points. Neither defense is built to stop the other team's offense. And uh, it just kind of goes willy-nilly. And it was literally a situation where the last team with the ball uh, ended up winning the game. And that was Louisiana Tech. But nevertheless, uh, yes, the point spread cover in that one. So It looked purely optional defense in that game, and it was. Uh, th- I want to thank your friend. Um, I Very took surprised. Tennessee, yeah, I took Middle Tennessee, Tennessee State, State minus seven against Hawaii. <laughs> they came out like all hell. And it was a 14 nothing Middle Tennessee State. And I'm thinking, I'm a genius, man. They're going to just put it on these guys. Well, apparently they did chase the grass currents all week. Because from that well, point I don't know, forward, I don't know cut, if that's true. You don't come out that way if you chase the grass skirts. You know, I, 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 think I don't know because they started be kicking that football around, Chad. I mean, they started acting like the football, you know, with a hand grenade. I mean, they, they, they were they were dropping it, throwing it to them. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. Hawaii just put it on them from that point forward. The final score: Hawaii fifty-two, Middle Tennessee State thirty-five. If I exclude the bands, there was about twelve people in the stadium. If you happen to get a look at that, did you get a look at the stadium? I I caught glimpses here and there. I, I mean. When Hawaii is playing in this game and they're not that good, you know, you kind of you kind of get that. But, but am, uh, I, am listen, I exaggerating when I tell tell the folks? Am I exaggerating? Was there five Was there five thousand people there? Be honest. Uh, I, I you know look when they're spread out in a stadium like that, um, it it looks bad and the number could actually be higher than what you think it is. But when you're hearing individual yelling and insults. Uh, during the telecast, it's an indication. <laughs> it sounded like a baseball game in July at a losing yeah. park, you know, where, where, where a guy's sitting in the front row heckling the umpire. Yeah, when you're hearing a dad shout out instruction to one of his kids uh, <laughs> during a bowl game, that's telling you the stadium, not exactly that full. So, you know, hey, kudos no. to so you I for took watching a lot. that. That was, my, that was my first loss. I'm three and one. My two other picks on this cycle, because we'll be making more picks on Friday, I have Miami coming up this week, giving two and a half, and I have South Carolina 
getting 10 against South Florida. So uh, Very excited to, to see both of those bowl games, by the way. More excited about those two bowl games you picked than the ones I picked. I'm, I'm yeah. excited about the picks. I feel good about my picks. It's just those are two better football games than uh, what I went with. And so, you yeah. know, we'll just have to see. Uh, what goes down there? I want to see what the Canes can close out the season. With. I think I, I'm really excited about the, uh, that game. The, my, I think the Miami West Virginia game is going to be one of the better, uh, you know, non-major bowl games of the season. I really do. I'm excited. You sent me an article that I have to admit I haven't had a chance to look at yet. Uh, busy holiday weekend as uh, I did all of my shopping on the 23rd and 24th, despite all of my uh, determination not to have that happen this year. So I have not read the article, but can you? Can you clue me in uh, on the gist of the, the the article you sent me about folks watching these bowl games? Let me pull the article up. I have to do. Oh no, the the ratings are up. That's oh. all they're saying. The rate, yeah, the ratings are. The, the, they're saying the ratings are are doing well so far. That disgusts me. College football fans are like prostitutes. You know, you can just get oh. done. However, however you want, they could do whatever they want to you, and you just continue to sit there and watch these things. They put up a bowl game, and I forget what was opposite of it, but it was. A, I'm trying to think of the event now. I'm trying to remember the article, but the bowl well, game was some to... not. Go ahead. It was some nondescript bowl game that that got a 2.6 rating, and I think it was. A, I forget what 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 it was up against. Maybe like the Kentucky North Carolina basketball game, something like that. It got a higher rating, and they're just like. And this was like one of those bowl games we picked last week, where you don't even know the nicknames of the teams, and it had a higher rating. Yeah. Uh... You know, I guess there's when there's nothing on, um, it beats reruns of Big Bang Theory. But for crying out loud, man, you know, like I said, college football fans are just prostitutes. We'll, you know, we'll complain, but we'll still watch this stuff anyway. You see how I, I feel genuinely excited about the impending playoffs in the NFL and some of the matchups and how things are going to unfold. I am just longing for the time where I could have that kind of feeling about college football. Yeah, I want well, to see the I've said that. How many shows do I repeat game? myself and say that if you really look, college guys like Kirk Herbstreit will tell you how great college is because every game means something in the regular season. And you've got a valid point there. I mean, you can lose in the NFL and your season's not over in, in, in October. But is that that big of a deal? And there's no comparison. And that's why the NFL will continue to – to dwarf college football until they figure that out. I mean, let's face it. I don't know. Maybe you're going to argue with me. I have to tell you, I'm not really that geeked about these college playoffs this year. And maybe that's because I have a preconceived notion of how they're going to go down. But I'm not I'm really not that geeked. geeked about them. I'm not as geeked this year as maybe I was last year, but I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. I, I mean, um, we, have a, we have a situation here with a four-team playoff where we could, we could end up seeing a lot of the same teams over and over. All I know, that's 100% correct. I've, I've been on it since, the, since early December. If you laid out the 18 playoff the way I would have set it up with the, with the five champions and the three at large, you would have had one hell of a seeding in that first round. I mean, you can go through the conferences. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out who the five champions. And your, you know, your three at large most likely would have ended up to be Ohio State, Michigan, and USC. And, and you, you kind of open yourself them. up, too, Emil, when you do it that way. Now, mind you, everyone by now knows what I'm really for. Um, yes. But when you have the 18 playoff, you do kind of open yourself up for some possible upsets. And then you don't have the same three, four teams every year into this thing. Like, how many times is this? 
This is Alabama again. It's Ohio State again. It's Clemson again. And only, you know, the only well, you know, and not only that, that first round care, of the we got playoffs, Washington. Well, that first round of the playoffs. I mean, you get in there, and you know, you're going to have a team down at seven or eight, like a Michigan or a USC, that on on any given Saturday with the talent on the rosters can play with anyone. I'm sure yeah, and then Amal, that flies to... in the face of what Herb Street said. Okay, yeah, uh, every game matters. Okay, I, I, sh- should we really want a situation where uh, USC Alabama kickoff classic pretty much kills USC for the rest of the year? Uh, do no, we well, want that no, kind that's of situation? The problem college football really is staring in the face anymore. Where they're at in in, in the maturation process of the sport is that. They want these big out-of-conference games early with that fans like us get excited about. But who's going to do that? Yeah. Who's going to do that? That's right. They penalize teams that do it. I mean, let's face it. You know, Alabama's been the best team in the country now for, for the last nine years. You know, the best program. They haven't won it I'm every year. I'm not playing but... Alabama early in the year. The hell with that. Right. Right. So, if you're, you know, USC was at a different stage in their development. They had a brand-new coach. I think they're finally USC again. I hope they prove me right next week. But the point is, in that game, Alabama was going into the game just eons ahead of where the USC program is. So how, exactly. do you get, how do you get schools to go in there and say, we're going to play these. Like next year, USC will be one of the big dogs. Well, why would you schedule USC? Who in the, why, why would a team like, say, Michigan want to schedule USC or vice versa? Why would they want to play each Right, because Michigan's going to be breaking in a bunch of new parts. Uh, which, right. by the way, Michigan and Florida are scheduled to play a kickoff classic uh, next year. But, you know, let's say, looking at the USC-Alabama thing, you know, uh, USC, you could look at it and, and, and say, well, we're not going to be at our best in the early part of the season. We do have a chance to mature into, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the country, but we're not going to be that early on. It's probably in our best interest to play Utah State. Uh, and play Nevada in those first couple of weeks and not play in Alabama and, and pay for the rest of the season for whatever happens in that game. Let me ask you this. Now, obviously, because of the way the conference shook out, it wouldn't happen, but just, just nationally. Pretend USC had never scheduled Alabama. They played Utah State the next week. Their other out-of-conference was Notre Dame. Let's say they slipped in Nevada. So let's say they played Nevada-Utah State. First of all, their feeling as a team going into the Stanford game is completely different. They're of confident because they're two and zero. They don't have a fifty-two-six loss in their resume. What's the perception of that team at the end of the year nationally, without a fifty-two-six loss to Alabama? Because most of these guys that vote take no consideration into who you played. I mean, they, they count a win against Nevada the same way they would a win against Alabama. Some of these clowns, okay? I yeah, mean, they really do. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, what's the perception yeah. of USC if they were ten and two? without that sludge from Alabama on the record? I don't know. I think there's going to be a little bit of reckoning that goes on after this particular season. I don't know how hard the changes are going to be. We talked on uh, on Friday about what's holding back the playoff system in, in college football. It's these bowl games that we're watching and how some palms get greased on this and how uh, people are making money off of it. So it's going to be difficult to stop. But uh, I, I think there's going to be some hard questions asked, and there'll be a there'll be a review on on things here. Uh, you may get your wish with that 18 playoff. Uh, I don't know that we're going to be able to stay at four very much. Well, that's going to be the commissioners driving that. I have a feeling what you're going to have is you're going to have five. These commissioners are going to sit in a room. 
say to themselves, listen, guys, there's no logical reason that before we play a playoff, based on the way college football is situated with 120-some teams, that you can just assume one of the four conferences is the weakest and exclude us from a playoff. No way, no how. So I think the driving force there is going to be every every conference commissioner is going to say we want our champion in the playoff. It's going to be real yeah. simple. Yeah, and then, you know, for that to happen, you can't have a five-team playoff. So, uh, right. yeah, you, you're going to have to make this thing grow to eight teams. So we'll uh, have to keep our eyes on that. Nevertheless, hey, college football is on, so we're going to jump out here. We want to thank all of you for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show and our wrap of things. Uh, I'm not going to have a show for the rest of the week, so I'm going to be back on Friday with my man, Emil, uh, as we're going to preview the uh, action coming up. And um, Our last yeah. show, chat of 2016. Last show of the 2016. Yep, you folks enjoy the week. I'm going to uh, spend some time planning and getting some things together here. The Gridiron Stud Show is going to be bigger and better, even if we're still on Blog Talk Radio next year. We'll just fight through that, but again, actively searching elsewhere if i could say such a thing so we just uh, again want to thank all of you folks for listening to us today we appreciate it we enjoy your holidays enjoy the family and the fun and all of that and uh again thank you for listening for amo calamina i'm chad wilson enjoy the rest of your day this is the end my only friend the end of out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let 